Shabbat Shalom. As some of you know, and as Rabbi Mint spoke about last week, I just returned from nine days in Germany with 25 of our young adults. We traveled to Germany as guests of the German government, as well as an organization that I am now very glad to call a partner of ours, Germany Close Up, which is a project of action reconciliation for peace. Action Reconciliation for Peace is an outgrowth of the Protestant Confessing Church, which is something that's worth its whole own sermon. I'm not going to get into what that is now. But um, basically, it's a church that, after the Nazis came to power, broke away from the main church and eventually, not right away, but eventually was in a place of being resistant to the Nazi regime. And after World War II, really saw themselves as being centrally committed to the work of reconciliation. Last week, Rabbi Mintz spoke about the power of memory and shared what it was like to be in Berlin in 2017. And if you didn't get a chance to listen to that sermon, I encourage you to. Tonight, I want to reflect on our time in Germany and speak about that experience from a different angle, which is to share with you why I think it's so important and powerful for Jews to travel to Germany today. I didn't always feel that way. The first time I went to Germany, I remember the feeling as the airplane started to descend towards the Berlin-Tegel airport. Can I turn this thing around, was the thought going in my head. But that two-week trip in 2013, and again my most recent experience, have confirmed for me that after Israel, I think that Germany is one of the most important places for Jews to travel today. And so tonight, I've prepared my own list of five reasons why I think you should consider going. Number one, they want to connect with us as part of healing from the past. So I know the they's a little complicated. Germany is not immune to the rise of fascist and neo-Nazi ideologies that we are seeing in parts of Europe and our own country. But there are a lot of Germans who are truly interested in meeting Jews and who want to see a vibrant Jewish life in Germany today. One of the events that our hosts organized was a dinner with a group of young Germans. As dinner started, I found myself seated next to a young couple, a man and a woman in their mid-twenties. After spending 45 minutes or so on pleasantries and drinking some good German beer, I finally worked up the nerve to ask them about their family histories stories that they were more than willing to share. It turns out that one of the young man's grandfathers was an active member of the Hitler Youth Movement. And this woman, her mother comes from the German aristocracy and her father from Nigeria. And who were they? A radical vegan interracial socialist couple living in Berlin, <laughs> sitting at dinner with a bunch of American Jews. I was touched by this moment, that the grandson of a Hitler Youth member was sitting beside me, so warmly and graciously welcoming me and our community to his city, and being so vulnerable and open about his family's story. I was touched that his girlfriend was black, that his politics and his dreams for the world are in such stark contrast to that of his grandfather's. And I was amused 
and not that surprised when he wanted to talk quite a bit how about how confused he was that more Americans did not support Bernie Sanders, who was clearly the best option in his view. <laughs> yes, I was sitting in Berlin making fast friends with the grandson of a Nazi who was really sad that a socialist Jew was not our president. In any case, people like that young couple and so many others, they want to welcome us there. And these are people worth connecting to, making a connection that I believe can be a part of the process of healing. Reason number two, it will complicate your narrative of the Jewish people and especially the Holocaust. Before leaving, our group had a session with Dr. Leah Hockman, our recent scholar in residence, who has led this trip many times before, she introduced to us a framing question about the Holocaust. Was it capricious or inevitable? Was the Holocaust in Germany inevitable? Did all of German and European and world history with Martin Luther and the Vatican's anti-Semitism, with the seemingly inherent racism in much of Western philosophical traditions, with the rise of secular modernism matched with the desperation of Germans after World War I, would all of this necessarily lead to that train to Auschwitz? Or was it capricious? Could any number of other outcomes have happened had even minor other choices been made? This question that historians still debate can haunt you walking the streets of Berlin. If it was inevitable, then Germany and Germans are easy to point to as the source of evil. But the theory of capriciousness point towards something else, that this did not have to happen there and that it could have happened anywhere. And then there's the German Jewish community today. While there are several numbers out there, there's an estimate that over 33,000 Israelis have sought German citizenship and an estimated 10 to 15,000 Israelis live in Berlin today. Pardon me, Germany today, many of them in Berlin. Germany is home to the eighth largest Jewish population by country and one of the fastest jo growing Jewish communities in the world. Is that your image of Berlin? While we were in town, there was a Jewish cultural festival taking place and an alternative Jewish cultural festival put on by the people who didn't like the people throwing the mainstream Jewish festival. <laughs> and on Shabbat, we were welcomed by a new kind of startup Jewish community comprised of lots of young adults who were a part of the project of renewing Jewish life in Berlin. In other words, while the memory of the Holocaust and how to confront it cannot be brushed aside, there is real vibrant Jewish life in Germany today, and connecting with that community challenges what I think is an American Jewish view of Germany. Number three. On an institutional level, Germany has something to teach the world about the power of reckoning with the past. In the heart of Berlin, you find a memorial that takes up an entire city block. It's the memorial to the murdered Jews of Europe. Walk across the street and you find the memorial to the murdered homosexuals persecuted under Nazism. Keep walking and you are at the memorial to the Sinti and Roma victims of National Socialism, Further down the road, the memorial and information point to the victims of National Socialist Euthanasia Killings, a memorial for those murdered for being disabled. And there are so many more. As you walk around, 
you come upon the Stolpersteine, the Stumbling Stones project, which has installed thousands of memorial plaques in sidewalks in front of homes where people were deported by Nazis. Holocaust education is mandatory in all German schools, and only 45 minutes north of Berlin is the memorial at the former concentration camp Sachsenhausen, where we went, and where they have preserved this place of evil so that future generations might learn from the past. I'm not saying they've done it perfectly, and there are problems. There's a segment of German society that does not want the constant reminders of the past, and even more troubling is the recent rise of the right wing. The ultra-nationalist Alternative for Germany party just won 92 of 709 seats in the Bundestag, running on a strong anti-immigration platform. And yet, and yet, on an institutional level, in government, in schools, in public space, Germans have done so much to contend with their past. As Jews, we can appreciate this important effort to deal with the horrific past, and as Americans, we can learn something about how a society can confront a fraught history. Okay, number four. Berlin is one of the most amazing cities in the world today. Really. I know it's hard to say that about any city when you stand in San Francisco. However, Berlin is worth a visit. Its history of war, of being a divided city, has left it a global center of arts, culture, progressive political activity, and as I mentioned, growing Jewish life. On our first day there, Rabbi Mintz and I stopped into a new gallery in Kreuzberg, which is a neighborhood that's kind of like the mission. One painting addressing the refugee crisis immediately caught my eye by the street artist duo who go by the singular name Herakut. The painting is titled Queens of the Sea, and it depicts a woman and a young girl, both in life vests. The face of the woman appears sad as she gazes off to the distance. The face of the little girl is frightened. Around them is written the following, and forever they would walk from the shores to the parliaments to forever haunt those who would let them drown. To view this painting knowing that this was a country that had taken in more refugees than almost any other place in the world was profound. A week later, Fran and I stayed after the trip for a couple days, and one night we were in a different neighborhood, Prenzlauerberg. I'll call that the Noe Valley of Berlin if Noe Valley had been behind a wall and socialist in the 80s, which it kind of was. Anyways, after having a glass of wine at a bar that welcomes you with its proud anti-right-wing sticker on its door, we went across the street to a restaurant that looked promising. It turns out it was owned by an Israeli chef and was among the latest and greatest places to dine in Berlin. The food was amazing, and those are just two images, two snapshots that I want to give you about what life in Berlin is like today. And finally, reason number five that I think it's worth going to Germany. We have to keep the memory of the Holocaust alive for Jewish people, for political reasons, for humankind reasons. To travel to Germany is to confront one of the most painful and horrific moments in human history. And it is our pain and our tragedy that is at the center of that horror. 
Of course, Holocaust education can and should happen anywhere, but there's something unique and important about being in Germany, not in Poland at Auschwitz and not in Israel at Yad Vashem, but in Germany, in the place where it started with the descendants of those who did such evil. To be in conversation with Germans as they grapple with their history, as they debate the role of memory in public life, to talk to Germans as they react to American politics with the lens of German history. To do all these things is a uniquely powerful way to make sure that the memory of the Holocaust is passed on and done so with complexity and nuance. Germany is a place of utter complexity and contradiction, especially for Jews. In that complexity and contradiction, there is the possibility for growth and healing and ultimately, that is so much of what Judaism is about. Shabbat Shalom.